Okay, guys, another edition of the Blue White Breakdown, Penn State's <laughs> Penn Lives Penn State Football Podcast. One of these days, I'm going to get it right. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. We're already in mid-May. Hard to believe it, but it's almost been a month since Penn State's spring camp, spring practices. But we're sailing right along. Before you know it, it'll be September 4th, and you know what that means. Penn State at Wisconsin. Greg Pickle, I hope you're doing well. I hope Lola, your golden, is doing well uh, also. We have some news to talk about, some recruiting news, some rest of the summer news. Penn State got a new recruit from a program that's a Penn State pipeline. Uh, officially, we can say it's a Penn State pipeline. Uh, but we'll start with, uh, we'll start, Greg, with the recruiting news. It's good news, I think, for Penn State moving forward. But Greg, how are you? We're rolling right along, Bob, into May. It's quieted down as we expected, but we're going to heat back up before long with the uh, uh, recruiting that's coming in the month of June with the dead period finally ending after 14 or 15 months and the quiet period getting underway. So um, it's going to be an exciting time for Penn State fans. I think we're going to see a lot of movement in the class of 2022 and beyond. And you know, I guess I'll just go out of our way because we have a bad habit of doing this, or at least I do, bringing things up and then they happen <laughs> as soon as we finish recording Tyrese yeah. Mills last week, committed. It couldn't have been any more than 25, 30 minutes after we finished taping this. So, but a little bit surprised we haven't seen any portal action yet from anyone on Penn State's roster. And it's like pretty slow nationally. So, yeah. I don't know if guys are just waiting till finals are done and everything to move on or what the plan is. But uh, it's been interesting to me that as of, you know, 1030 Wednesday, May 12, there's just not been a lot of movement. There's been some around the country, maybe not as much as people expected and not really any so far at Penn State. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, Greg, I think coming out of spring. A lot. There's a lot of fans that are worried about Penn State's quarterback position. You know, Sean Clifford's back. He's now in his fifth year, but only a redshirt junior because of the COVID year. Behind him is Taquan Roberson, uh, a third-year player who has taken no meaningful snaps. I know I got to see him once in spring. You got to see him twice. Maybe he's going to come along a little bit better than he looked in those two scrimmages that the media were invited to see. Christian Veyu, uh, a January enrollee, uh, is the number three, I would imagine, at this at this time, the third of three scholarship o- options on the Penn State roster. To expect a January enrollee, I think, to do much his first year, you know, I, I think that's asking for a lot. The reason I bring it up, Greg, is I think a lot of the fans are worried about the future, the, both the present and the future of the quarterback position but there was some good news with Drew Alar, a high-profile recruit that Penn State has uh, secured a verbal from. He was just at a, a recruiting competition, and he was a standout. So can you kind of just give the fan base an update on Drew and maybe what that means, the fact that he was maybe the best quarterback in that competition? I think Penn State really needs a shot in the arm when it comes to uh, its future quarterback plans. Yeah, he was the Rivals Camp MVP out in Indianapolis. And I'll tell you what, if you watch some of the film that's kind of out there on social media and elsewhere from that event, we obviously were not there. But 
Guy looks good, man. And Penn State has two pretty solid quarterback commitments in both him and Bo Prabula, the Central York quarterback, who yeah. led his team to a 6A uh, runner-up here in Pennsylvania's highest classification this past season. So, I mean, you could probably do better in terms of a two-quarterback class. It would be really, yeah. really hard, though, to do that. I mean, number eight and number nine in the 247 Sports Composite quarterback rankings, Alar 8, Perbola 9. Alar is probably going to climb that a bit once the camp cycle ends and they reevaluate that. So Penn State's in really good shape there. I know the question is endlessly transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal, but I know it's not necessarily going to help this. Well, it's not going to help this year, but you know, in the future, Penn State should feel pretty good about where things are at with its quarterback situation. And to me, Bob, Drew Allar is the guy that Penn State's been looking for throughout the James Franklin era um, since Trace McSorley left to kind of help get them to the next step of their progression as a program. So maybe Sean Clifford under Mike Yurcich can get them there sooner. But if not, I think hopes are going to be extremely high for Drew Allar to come in and be able to do just that uh, next season. Yeah, they're going to count on him a lot. And you mentioned Bo Perbula as well. Uh, but again, that's still a little bit of, of a ways off. No news on the quarterback front via the transfer portal. Yeah, I don't know what Penn State's timeline is for that either, Greg, but you and I both kind of thought that very much unsettled at the quarterback picture coming out of spring drills for 2021. So you're right. We'll, we'll probably sign off on this on this podcast in about 10 or 15 minutes, and then five minutes later, um, there'll be some news in the transfer portal that Penn State got somebody – like the West Coast for 2021. And we'll look even dumber than normal. But who's, who knows? Who knows? We'll put our faith in Penn State. I think they're definitely looking, Greg, to your point. But it has been a little slow. And not just at Penn State, you know, nationwide. There was, it seemed to me there was a lot of movement before in the offseason, right after 2020. Maybe that, maybe a lot, a lot of the movement has already happened. But there's, there's going to be some news. Hopefully it does involve Penn State. But it is, it's, uh, I think it's it's great to see that a guy like Drew Alar step up at that uh, competition in you said it was in Indianapolis and for the fans he this is something that does have Mike Yurcich's such as fingerprints on it does it not Greg this is the, the this is probably maybe not something that would have happened had he not been Penn State's OC correct yeah so if I'm not mistaken and I don't think I am this was the first quarterback he really pushed to offer and that Penn State did offer. Once he arrived, and I don't know if he became familiar with him during his time at Ohio State, because obviously Drew Lars an Ohio kid. I don't know yeah. if it was in Texas they were looking at him uh, while he was at Texas, or maybe uh, the combination of having some other Ohio State influences with the Longhorns while he was there uh, with Tom Herman and all kind of led them back to Drew Lar. But they pushed hard, and a lot of teams came charging in. Uh, to try and steal, basically steal them away from Penn State. Because, you know, Penn State really kind of shot to the top uh, once they offered. And Mike Yersich and James Franklin and the rest of the staff really kind of buckled down and made sure this commitment came in. And this is a guy who did it, Bob, without visiting campus because of that uh, long-talked-about dead period that's been in place for over a year now because of the pandemic. So I'm sure he's very excited, as is everyone in this class and future classes, to get back on campus next month, get to see these coaches in person and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was a big get for Mike Yurcich and James Franklin and really the first guy they pushed for. And, you know, neither Drew Alar or Bo Prabola seemed to mind being in a two-quarterback class, which is important to note as well. Yeah, and you hit on a good point, Greg. Penn State's 
building a very, uh, you know, a class that could be top 10, maybe top five uh, for 2022. Naturally, Ohio State's doing the same, but Penn State can't really worry too much about what Ohio State's doing. But Penn State needs to bounce back in 2022 because the 2021 class on paper just isn't really, you know, wasn't really up to snuff, I think, considering some of the things they've done in recent years. But my point, though, Greg, is of all the prospects in the 2022 class, would you say Drew Alar might be the most important and the one that they can't afford to have uh, another program snipe or, you know, kind of poach, so to speak? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, let's just go back to how Penn State didn't end up with Justin Fields and Ohio State did for evidence of that. I mean, I know that Ohio State obviously didn't get him first either, but uh, obviously, you know, that's a transfer portal situation. But yeah, you can't lose the guys who can be your future long-term starting quarterback Heisman Trophy type of guys. And I don't want to put too much Heisman <laughs> right now. That's a little bit maybe too far down the road. And he has some things to work on. There's no question. But uh, he's also a top 10 quarterback who's just yeah. everyone, you know, everyone that's seen him just gives him rave reviews and he's moving up the rankings accordingly, which is good. Not to, I mean, it's kind of hard to go back and name guys specifically, but that's not always been the case with Penn State quarterback commits. Some of these guys in the past have committed and kind of just stayed where they were. They never really yeah. wowed anyone. They never really, uh, you know, blew up in the rankings any more than they already were. And Drew Allar is the first guy in some time that has done that. And I think it tells you all you need to know that this guy is maybe finally the kind of guy Penn State's been looking for and hasn't been able to land. And if Mike Yersich, James Franklin, and the rest of them pull it off for the next six months, which right now there's no reason to think that that won't be the case, uh, he's going to be rocking and rolling soon in blue and white. And, you know, again, the hype will certainly not die anytime soon, especially if his uh, continued improvement leads to a big 2021 high school season as a senior. Greg, speaking of the 2022 recruiting class, you referenced it last week. They got another addition, I think, to the 2022 class right after we were done taping uh, one of last week's blue-white breakdowns. It's got to be the number one pipeline Penn State's got going uh, in recruiting for James Franklin. Tyrese Mills, a defensive back, verbally committed to the Penn State program. He's from Lackawanna. He's a JUCO. Penn State's had some pretty good success with JUCOs from, from Lackawanna in recent years. Jaquan Brisker is, is the prime example there, but it, it also sounds like they're very uh, high on Jair Brown uh, in 2021, maybe even to start at safety with Jaquan Brisker. They're both safeties. Uh, Mills is another defensive back, uh, a bigger defensive back in that mold. Greg, what can you, what can you say about the, uh, about the pipeline Penn State's established to Lackawanna, and should they even bother recruiting high school safeties anymore, or should they just kind of stick with the the JUCO route because it's been good to them of late? Yeah, there's a really good one out there, Keon Sab, that they want down at IMG Academy this year, along with a few other guys. But you're right; I mean, they've had some ups and downs with safety recruiting. They have been able to find these guys yeah. at Lackawanna with Tyrese Mills, Deion Barnes, who of course is the Penn State letterman now on staff. You know, he coached Tyrese Mills at Northeast High School uh, when he was the defensive coordinator there before coming to Penn State. So Mills goes to Lackawanna. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays in two games there this spring. 
Penn State likes to film. Deion Barnes is pushing for him. Terry Smith, uh, Anthony Poindexter, Brent Pride, James Franklin all sign off on it. They offer him, and the decision comes in you know a pretty short amount of time. Be nobody else jumped on board for whatever reason. It's hard to kind of say whether schools are just. I don't want to say they're ignoring Lackawanna because we saw Georgia come up and get Dehan Warren, and we've seen some other uh, guys from there go elsewhere, but. It seems like once schools get a sense, like with Norval Black um, and like some other guy, Jair Brown um, and, and Jaquan Brisker to some extent, it just seems like schools figure they're not going to waste their time and resources trying to recruit these guys because there's such a strong connection to Penn State that the Lions tend to win out in the end in most cases. So, you know, the one thing we'll note is that while he was productive during those two games at Lackawanna, he, we've seen that it can take some time for these guys to make the jump and be ready to play in the Big Ten. And that's probably one of the toughest parts of it is that you know the guy looks pretty good on film, but we have yet to see one of the, the Lackawanna guys show up and be game ready from the first uh, game. You know, Jaquan Brisker worked his way into that, but he wasn't uh, certainly with the start of his time here. So. An interesting get, you know, we'll see if anybody else offers. We'll see what his spring, or I'm sorry, his fall uh, tape looks like and go from there. But, yeah, clearly Deion Barnes and the rest of Penn State staff really felt confident and comfortable with this. So they take him as the 10th commit in this class. Yeah, good news for Penn State. Hopefully uh, he can be another addition to, it's almost DB, uh, you know, Lackawanna College is almost the DB factory for Penn State. And yeah, it makes you wonder if maybe some other schools are going to start to push Penn State and try and get some of their players, especially if Jair Brown, I think Greg pops this year. Everyone knows Brisker is a is a potential All Big Ten candidate, but it sounds like they really like Jair Brown in twenty twenty one, and maybe Tyrese Mills will be something similar. They're they're not ready made uh, prospects by any means, but it just seems like their their development is accelerated, and Penn State is has picked up on that. I still hold out hope for some of the. High school safeties, Greg, uh, that they have been able to, uh, they've been able to kind of add to their program. You know, high profile kids. Enzo Jennings is one of them, Greg. You know, it, I think it's only a matter of time before they hit on one of these guys. Um, they got, they've gotten lucky with Kalen King, a, a corner. They've, they've been really, it's weird that they've been really good with corners. High school corners have played at a, at a very high level for Penn State, you know, in year one traditionally, but safeties, it's been, a different story. Thankfully, the Juco route's been good to them the last couple of years because I don't know, this defense looks a lot different. If you don't have Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown on the defense in 2021, I think, I think we're talking about, we're talking about safety a little bit like we're talking about the quarterback position, but, but they've been able to kind of uh, find some players there. Greg, as we look ahead to uh, the rest of spring and early summer, June, late May, June, and July. What's kind of on tap for Penn State with regard to camps and maybe uh, some recruiting news? Also, I do think, Craig, in the next couple of weeks, maybe in June, we're going to hear something maybe with regard to what fall games might look like at Beaver Stadium. I know they're taking their time and they're they're waiting for you know some more people to get vaccinated, but it just kind of feels like there's going to be a real good chance for a fairly full Beaver Stadium uh, in the fall. Yeah, so I guess we'll work our way from there. Yeah, June's going to be busy. Obviously, there'll be official and unofficial visits every weekend, Penn State hosting guys for visits, for evaluation days, for camps. I mean, it's going to be pretty much all systems go from start to finish. So 
I think that is going to be uh, something for Penn State fans to get excited about because there's going to be a lot of news happening. I'm not going to say every day, but certainly the weekends are going to be busy. And then coming out of the weekends, based on what happens, it's going to be busy too. So a lot to consider and look at at that point. Obviously, Penn State's going to have a lot of top targets in. Which guys can it get to commit while on campus? Which guys are going to say, I want to go see all these other places and decide, you know, which guys go on officials and then maybe come back on their own dime or vice versa, come on the official unofficial and then uh, return for an official. So there'll be all kinds of moving parts. I think we'll see some of that in July too, but still kind of waiting on the details of that. And then you're right. I mean, Penn State, Sandy Barber sent in a letter to Nittany Lion Club members, I believe a week or two ago, that kind of it was hinting at the idea that uh, they're still kind of waiting to see how things play out with social distancing rules and things like that. Um, obviously, the capacity limits on outdoor and indoor events are going up here in Pennsylvania, so that's going to help. I'm still unsure if we'll see 107,000 at Penn State, Bob, but mm-hmm. it's going to be up there. That's for sure. I don't, I don't think like numbers less than 30,000 or 40 or even 50,000 are realistic at this point. I think we're at least talking a half full Beaver Stadium at worst. And as things continue to progress, we may even get to a point where there is 107,000. I don't know. Still, don't have, I have a hard time believing we're going to progress that fast in terms of how the restrictions play out in Pennsylvania, which of course Penn State has always followed and will continue to yeah. follow. So we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I know that the the limits are going away in terms of capacity, but I still think there's going to be that CDC distancing rule, maybe down to three feet, maybe not. I don't know. There's a long way between now and September, but if that distancing rule is in place even a little bit, that will change way, the way yeah. that uh, Penn State can operate. So we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, obviously, I think everyone's rooting for a full stadium in the fall. But, you know, uh, until we hear from Penn State, we'll just have to play it by ear. But I do think, Bob, that we're definitely trending in the direction of a much larger crowd than may have seemed possible, even as recently as a few weeks ago. My question, though, Greg, is that if, they, if say you're allowed, say 60,000 people are allowed at Beaver Stadium, and there's a little bit of, uh, there's still a little bit of distancing. I'm just wondering if, what will they do outside the stadium? Um, because you've seen it and everyone knows it. If there's, you know, for, for any game, but especially like a, a big, ten, like a big 10 game, if a, if a big 10 teams in town for like a three thirty kick, if the stadium's going to hold 95,000 for the game, there's almost, you know, you know, there's a, there's probably 150,000 people at one point tailgating in the parking lot. I just, you know, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but is it realistic to expect that? Is it realistic to expect if the experience gets better inside the stadium, that'll get better outside the stadium? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Penn State will have to figure out how it wants to handle that. But let's just not forget that college athletic programs, not just Penn State, lost so much money last year yeah. that if you can, I, you know, it sounds silly, but every 25 yeah. 40 50 60 100 dollar parking pass sold helps in some way shape or form so i do think that they will do whatever they think they can yeah. safely and keeping everyone healthy but getting as many people in and around the stadium and the state college community as possible all right before we go greg can you tell the uh can you tell uh our listeners what they can do to review us rate us where they can find us where they can find us early we're on audio. We're on video. Dustin Hawkinsmith's been chiming in, and we still we, we we keep teasing it. He's on. I think he's uh, uh, on vacation this week. But you're the fan base will hear from the one and only David Jones very soon. But how can they kind of go find 
out where the blue white breakdown is. Yeah, Dave will be back one of these weeks. We just don't know when yet. But yeah, the blue white breakdown podcast is anywhere you get your audio, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, where you'll find podcasts, you'll find us. You can also find the blue white breakdown video at youtube.com slash all Penn State. All right. Now, having teased it, the minute we sign off, you guys have a good weekend. The minute we sign off and Joe Hermit gets this thing produced, look for Penn State to either get a transfer portal edition or another recruit. But that's our burden to bear. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.